How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Wednesday, March the 3rd. Got a day full of news for you here, unlike yesterday. Uh, let's jump into it. First of all, we are going to look at Epic Games, who has now acquired Tonic Games Group, uh, which is the parent company for the developers of Fall Guys, Media Tonic. Other subsidiaries include a publisher called The Irregular Corporation, they published Murder by Numbers, and a new startup called Fortitude Games. Obviously, Mediatonic is the big one, though, Fall Guys. And uh, in a blog post, they confirmed that they're going to continue supporting the game on all platforms, which will receive future updates. So if you have the game on Steam, you'll always be able to play the game on Steam, presumably. But if I were to guess, they're going to make it unpurchasable on Steam, like they previously did with Rocket League, because Epic Games acquired them. But anyway, th this really does seem like a solid acquisition. Uh, Fall Guys got a lot of players very quickly, and they definitely needed some more resources in order to keep up with the demand, because you could definitely see some long legs on that game. So the more resources they have, the better. They've already mentioned adding things like account systems and crossplay and squad modes, which is the kind of thing that Epic already has a lot of frameworks for that they can just kind of incorporate into their game. So super happy about that one. The nominations for the 2021 BAFTA Awards have been unveiled with the award ceremony taking place on March 25th. So, you know, the BAFTAs are one of the more respected sets of awards in the industry. They're already pretty well established in the film world. Uh, it obviously doesn't have the fanfare of something like the Game Awards, but they've been around for a while. So, The Last of Us Part Two has been given 13 nominations, which is more than any game in BAFTA history. The record was actually set last year. Both Control and Death Stranding got 11 nominations. And then this year, it was followed up by Ghost of Tsushima with 10 nominations, Hades with 8, Miles Morales with 7, and Animal Crossing and Fall Guys both getting 5. Feel free to look up all of the categories on your own. Uh, I think they've got some pretty interesting nominations there. I think that the Game Beyond Entertainment category is pretty interesting. They didn't define it, which I'm not a big fan of, but it includes games like Animal Crossing and Spiritfarer and Tell Me Why. They've also got the Debut Game category for games like Call of the Sea and Carrion and Factorio, which is now out of early access. Out of that whole list, I gotta say that Factorio has probably got a win, considering its impact. Uh, and then other standouts that I saw was Deep Rock Galactic in the Multiplayer Award, and Kentucky Route Zero in Narrative. As for Game of the Year, it's probably everything that you would have expected. Uh, Animal Crossing, Miles Morales, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two. A new game in the Alien universe has now been announced. It's called Aliens Fireteam. Uh, it is a debut game of a San Jose developer called Cold Iron Studios. And unlike Alien Isolation, it'll be very different. It is a third-person co-op survival shooter, which takes place two decades after the original film trilogy. The game is apparently going to have four different campaigns, and each of those campaigns has three 40-minute missions, approximately. There will also be five character classes and a bunch of customization options for weapons and skills. It very much reminds me of something like a World War Z or, you know, Left 4 Dead in that kind of style of gameplay. I could be totally wrong, but, you know, that's the impression I'm getting from how they describe it. After being replaced as the developer for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, Hardsuit Labs is now undergoing layoffs. So at this stage, we know that the entire narrative team and a producer have been made redundant at the company. And of course, it appears as though the reason this is happening is because Paradox replaced them as the developers for Bloodlines 2. Paradox does have a minority stake in Hardsuit. They got it for $2 million in 2018. 
but neither party has commented on the situation yet. We just know because employees are announcing that they're laid off. And it's really unfortunate, you know? Hard Suit stopped supporting their previous game, Blacklight Retribution, in early 2019, and without another game ready to release, they were probably being kept alive by the Bloodlines funding from Paradox. Alright folks, that is all of the news that I have for you today. That's all the big stuff. Only other thing I'll say is that if you are on PlayStation, make sure you go pick up Ratchet and Clank for free. And even if you don't have a PlayStation, you can actually pick up the game with a Sony account. So if you're planning on getting one, maybe. Like I said, that's all for today. Gonna be back tomorrow with the news, as always. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It is the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. More and more, we are seeing companies acquiring other companies. It used to just be that you would see, like, every quarter, the Embracer group would come out and be like, hey, we got six more companies under our wing now. And you'd be like, yep, it's another quarter with them. What a surprise. But now it's like, feels like every other week we're getting like a major acquisition. 2020 was a big year for that. And I think that'll continue through this year as well. The industry is very much consolidating, especially as we lean more towards game streaming or game subscription services. You know, that kind of thing becomes very valuable. And it's also the kind of thing that like smaller companies are always going to benefit from, you know? Unless you have a super, super solid team and a solid publisher, every game that you put out is always so dangerous. Or, you know, if you're... I feel like, you know, something I see a lot is that a game will perform very well, and then they use the money that they made from that game to dramatically expand. And then the next game that they release, they're really riding on it succeeding. Whereas there's some companies, like the people who made, I don't know, Shovel Knight, I think, or any of the solo creators out there, like Stardew... You know, they got the success from their game, and then they stayed at a certain level of manageability, so that even if the next game that they put out isn't a banger, you know, hopefully they're actually able to sustain themselves for a couple more years. But anyway, there's a lot of companies that don't do that, and so being acquired is like such an awesome deal. You know, EA and Microsoft and Epic Games, they're not going out of business anytime soon. And you know, looking at the different strategies is also pretty interesting, like Embracer Group just kind of gets any... European company at a certain level that they have the money to just buy outright. And then, you know, puts them under one of their five different branches that they now own, or maybe even one of the sub-branches of one of those, says, go make a game. And then, you know, two years later, they come back with the game and they release it. I think they have something like a few hundred video games being developed at once. It's wild. Then you look at someone like Xbox. They did a whole bunch of acquiring in like 2018, to develop out the Xbox Game Studios. And then it really slowed down because they got a very solid foundation of developers. Like, I think the Embracer group, like I said, they kind of just get whoever they can, even if the, the games that are made are of, you know, fairly mediocre quality. Then Microsoft went, okay, let's get some quality studios, spend some money on it, but we'll need quite a few of them in order to make a good portfolio for the Game Pass. And then we'll save up for ZeniMax, you know? We'll get Bethesda under our wing for the $7 billion dollars. That was obviously one of the bigger acquisitions in gaming history, actually. And then there's someone like Epic Games, and I'm sure a few other companies, where the acquisitions aren't happening rapidly, they're just happening when it kind of makes sense. They had a good relationship with uh, the Rocket League developers, Psyonix. Obviously, they did too with Mediatonic. And these are the kinds of games that feel like they really make sense with Epic, you know, with that Fortnite style of game. And then, of course, they also do a whole bunch of acquisitions in, in, on the side of, like, Unreal Engine and developing out the uh, technology side of things. 
But just in terms of video games, it seems very uh, much more methodical. Anyway, there you go. There's my quick analysis of the acquisitions in the video game industry. Uh, that's going to do it for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, farewell. Farewell. <laughs>